Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines. Alongside Chad Gordon, I am Ryan. The Cubs have made things very exciting these last few weeks. Chad, how are we doing? Life is good, Ryan. I, I, I've got a long list of firsts um, in my Cubs fandom, and this week was another bunch of firsts. Uh, a couple things we'll talk about a little bit later on, like being on the mound um, before the game on Tuesday um, with the, uh, with the, the, the first pitch ball, but also, um, I saw five games in a five day period. I've never done that before watching the Cubs. And I got to tell you my, uh, my liver and my stomach and pretty much my entire body is saying I should not go to a six game. I, I don't, I can't live this way. We're not as young as we used to be Chad, but I can't think yes. of anything better than to be able to say each and every day you got to enjoy a game at Wrigley. And, yes, we will get to your birthday celebration because it sounds like you had a lot of cool things that were going on for you at the ballpark. Um, But that just sounds like from the pictures that you posted and the video you also posted that it was an incredible uh, birthday week for yourself to see the Cubs play. Big big shout-out to the the Chicago Cubs, uh, to uh, my season ticket agent, uh, Hannah. Absolutely fantastic. They they treated me very special on, on this. Uh, a mid-decade milestone birthday it was a lot of fun. So, go Cubs. Yeah, and, man. And best of all, sure. Ryan, I got to sing four out of five times. So, anytime you're singing, that's a beautiful thing. If you sing four times, go Cub, go, you had a good week. A hundred percent. And I, I do want to mention a couple of things. Um, one, we apologize. Last week, we did not uh, record a podcast. There were a few things that happened. Uh, mostly on my end. Uh, unfortunately, I had a funeral yeah. to attend in Chicago uh, for a close friend of mine whose father passed away. And then, uh, unfortunately, I got sick and I've been battling laryngitis for the last week. My voice is, as you can see, starting to come back a little more, but uh, still not 100%. But uh, I want to say that we are more than making up for it oh, yeah. in this episode. So we have a great guest this week for our seventh inning stretch conductor. Um, Dave Ennett, the sports director, longtime sports director at WGN Radio, uh, knows the Cubs inside and out. Uh, And on a side note, Dave Ennett has been the play-by-play announcer for Northwestern Athletics for a very long time, uh, Northwestern football and basketball. So always, always great to hear from Dave, uh, one of the nicest guys out there when it comes to um, the Chicago media scene. Ryan, so, you know, we're going to kick off the we're going to kick off the show with seriously. Is this the most exciting inning of this season so far? Yeah, no, it's it's without a doubt the most exciting inning, Chad, 100% in the first as the big news came. And I was happy, Chad, that I got to break the news to you. You were at the game when this went down, and I texted you the story just assuming you knew already. Um, but obviously the big news that the Cubs signed – reliever Craig Kimbrell to a three-year $43 million deal. And obviously everybody was waiting and anticipating this move. It was just a matter of if and when it was going to happen. And the Cubs went ahead and made that move to solidify the bullpen, which has obviously been uh, the weak spot for this team. And now the Cubs have a legit closer, uh, arguably the best in baseball for that matter, um, because if they're going to win a World Series, it is cl- clear as day they needed to have yeah. a legit closer. And that was something that was lacking. I mean, they were not going to win the World Series without a closer. And they finally got one in Kimbrel. Um, and so, I mean, listen, I am beyond excited that they have somebody in him. They didn't have to make a trade. And all of a sudden, I mean, again, I, you know, listen, I don't know who you believe or how you believe it, but they found money. And they were able to pay the man uh, the 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 amount that he wanted, basically. I mean, basically, he's going to be making about $13, $14 million, uh, for the next three years, which is basically what he wanted. Um, the Cubs are getting yeah. it to him, Chad. So all the way around, this is a big W uh, for this. Yeah, yeah, a big win. So a couple things. One, my, uh, I'll give my reactions just a second. But, yeah, you did. You broke the news to me. And I – Stood up. It was actually happened on my birthday on, on Wednesday. I stood up and I said I announced it to the section we were in. And so you actually you helped me announce it for the first time at Wrigley Field. I heard it and I only heard it from me announced first. So so we broke the news to the Wrigley Field <laughs> faithful, which is really fun. 
Um, you know, a couple things to think about. So, so one um, really interesting thing here about about the quality of this pickup, and 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 he's he's been around a couple different places. Obviously, had has had great uh, uh, profile with the Red Sox, and it's been said, you know, he's striking out fifteen people per nine innings, which is a Major League Baseball record. So he's had that domination. Has he had kind of a, a hitchy time? At the, you know, my, my Boston Red Sox fans say, be careful and watch out. And and let's be honest, when Greg Holland came in halfway through the year, um, it was a, a miserable situation for the Cardinals. So this is uncharted territory for have a guy. Um, but with this quality, he's coming in with a fresh arm. So that's really exciting. One thing to note, a couple things. One is you said they, they found money somehow. Well, here's a little bit of inside baseball for you. Uh, actually, that term actually works really well here. Because of Zobris's absence and the fact he's on on leave that he's requested, he's not any hit on our salary. Because Morrow is has been on the extended DL, there's insurance that kicks in. He's not a hit on our salary. So based upon my sources um, uh, with the Cubs, it's a $1 million extra hit for the Cubs this year, assuming Zobris doesn't come back. And they, uh, Jed Hoyer did mention about that Zobris is welcome back anytime he wants. This was a huge get. And I got to tell you, for all the fans that are saying, go sign a closer, it's not like there were closers sitting around, but guess who was? One of the greatest closers in history who, if he didn't pitch another game, probably makes the, the Hall of Fame if he doesn't pitch again. That's how good he's been and how dominant he's been and his stats are. They've got the guy that's out there, didn't lose a draft pick, didn't lose any prospects. This is as good of a signing as we've seen, obviously, before he stepped onto the mound. This is as good of a signing as we've seen um, Theo and Jed making in their era. Yeah, and they're saying he will be ready in about three weeks. So I know that everybody is excited and anticipating. But um, it just it just it was a pipe dream. And what I love about the Cubs front office is you don't have a darn clue what's in their hand. You have the best poker yeah. face, and it sounds like listening. I heard. I listened to the. I was in Chicago. Heard the whole press conference, and it just. There are some hard feelings between the Major League Baseball Players Association, the owners, and all that stuff. That's going to get worked out. Craig remembers that and is going to have some issues with it. Uh, so I still worry about the work stoppage time potential in, in a couple of years. That's a problem. Um, but the system is what the system is, and the Cubs took advantage of an incredible system not to lose a draft pick and to pick up the prize the prize um, from the pitching perspective uh, of the free agent class, just, just a couple months late. So let's move on to the second inning and uh, another free agent who not as big, not as big as uh, Kimbrell signing, but nonetheless has uh, proved to possibly be a, uh, a pretty solid investment um, to say the least. And he uh, started out uh, making some nice, uh, Nice impact of full plays in, in the field and at the plate. And I'm talking about yep. Carlos Gonzalez. And that's where we start our second inning. You know, Cargo at one time, Chad, as you know, was one of the most dangerous power hitters in the National League when he played for his Colorado Rockies, who he made his debut against, uh, ironically enough. And uh, Carlos Gonzalez is a guy who is really going to start supplying potentially some some nice at-bats for this team and, and spell some relief in the outfield. Um, for this ball club, I, I see there is no uh, this is a, a low risk, yeah. high reward uh, siding in Carlos Gonzalez and could be one of those those moves that we look back on and say, man, that was a great signing. And we just didn't even think twice about it at the time. I like this move. I mean, you really have nothing to lose by signing Carlos Gonzalez um, at this point in the season. And, and the upside is nothing but, but just fantastic for what he could potentially bring, not just in the lineup, but in the outfield. Yeah. Well. You know, a true veteran presence. And you, you, you were hearing that from, from some of the players talking about just having him there and see his workmanlike attitude. You know, Carlos Gonzalez is a, is a smaller version of the guy that was a power hitter in the Rockies. And so, uh, you know, will he have any of the power stroke or Wrigley? I'm not really sure, but he endeared himself in the first couple of games, making that catch that I honestly think saved the game for John Lester. If he doesn't make that catch, that's a three-run double, um, and that was a hell of a tough catch to catch that sliding into the into the wall uh, on the warning track. And then he followed that up the next night with a couple hits. And then on Friday's game, uh, had 
um, a couple of at-bats where he had stretched it out five, six, seven, eight pitches. And so he's up there. He's not hacking. He's a veteran presence. Um, and he gives us a different dynamic. And it really is interesting. Um, you know, you've got the tremendous offensive ability by Albert Amora, Amora Jr. And now you've got Cargo over there from a defensive perspective. Um, you know, granted, it's just a short supply of, of just – you know, just just a couple of games. You know, he's already under 200. But you know, what a surprise pickup! Again, you 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 don't know what the Cubs are doing, what's up there up their sleeve. But what is amazing about this, and you hit on this, Ryan, who saw this coming? Um, it's a low risk, uh, high reward potential. And let's say he never pulls it together. Let's say he never gets it going. It it it's not going to affect them. But from an outfield perspective. I like this because it gives Bodie more of a chance to play at second base. It keeps Bryant over at third base. Um, and it gives, you know, gives Almora Hayward and, and uh, Schwarber a spell depending. Um, so it's another outfield weapon when we really haven't had one. And I actually prefer to see Chris play at third than, than right field. Yep. Can't agree more on that one. All right. So let's move on to the third inning now. And uh, the aforementioned yeah. David Bodie, as you just uh, spoke about earlier, Man, did he have a career night on Wednesday um, in the Cubs' 9-8 win over Colorado. Uh, David Bodie, 4-for-4, four four, drove in seven RBIs. Uh, a career night for David Bodie, who's clearly one of the best stories in Major League Baseball, how he has been able to work his way into the Major Leagues and, uh, and get himself to where he is right now. Um, it, it has been great to with, as you mentioned before, Zobrist on leave and not, um, you know, able to participate or contribute in any way. Um, and with Javi now exclusively playing shortstop, um, you really just kind of have an Addison Russell and David Bodie um, kind of, and, and Daniel Descalzo as well, um, kind of manning that second base position between the three of them. But um, one of them is, is going to have to, shine at some point and it appears as if David Bodie is becoming the guy who is going to ultimately play second base and and the funny part is uh and correct me if I'm wrong Chad he hadn't even played second base up until this season I believe right I mean I don't think he had played second at least not in the majors um he had always played third base so this is great to see that he can you know move over to second play solid, and now his bat is even starting to really heat up right now for the Cubs. Um, and he is a guy who, I mean, listen, I remember when we talked about him last year when he hit that game-winning home run against uh, the Blew Nationals, the and Cubs were able to win that. So, you know, listen, I, I love David Bodie as a player, and he's a guy who I just want to see continue to develop and uh, hopefully continue to win that job at second base. Yeah, it's it's a tremendous story. He's already one of the Cubs leaders in walk-off RBIs and walk-off hits, um, which is amazing uh, on this current team. He's actually among the leaders. Uh, he's had he's had a couple other starts to sex. So it's not his first start this week. But 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 what I you know what I love that he brings to the table is that great story and also that when he is dialed in, he's dialed in. And that was that was on my I'm keep on name dropping like it matters about my birthday. But it was a beautiful birthday gift. We get we get uh, Kimbrel um, and then uh, and we get. Uh, um, we get uh, David Bodie uh, just putting on the show. That was just absolutely incredible. Here's my problem um, with where we are right now with Daniel Descalso, um, with Bodie, with we'll put Chris Bryant in the mix, and then Addison Russell. We have our shortstop, and and we have what I think should be um, the shortstop that starts the National League uh, in the All Star Game uh, coming up in July. He absolutely should be. And if, if you are a Cubs fan, you're listening to this, and you have not gotten on and done your max votes for Javi Baez, you need to do it because he is without a doubt the class, I believe, shortstop um, of the National League, and he should start there. So he's there. Um, my biggest challenge right now is we need, and, and people are going to hate this, but we need to showcase Addison Russell. Either he needs to come into play and play dominant and earn his way back in the hearts and minds if that's possible for this fan base, or he needs to get out on a field and get more reps and increase his trade value so he can be a piece to dangle. And the only way he's going to do that is starts playing to his caliber. Um, you know, a role player um, that splits time with David Bodie and Daniel Descalso is not where we want to be. I told you I like Chris Bryant full-time over at third base. That's where he's best. That's where he shines. I don't want any more collisions in the right field. But David Bodie, a tremendous story. And when he comes in there and he's up to, up to bat, I, I, it's really oddly weird. It's just weird about like him and Rizzo right now. I have 
all the confidence in the world in those two guys. And, and it's so fun to watch and know that this is a career minor leaguer, fully expected to kind of, you know, trudge through hoping for his opportunity. And when he got the opportunity over these last 12 months, he has stepped up and just shown. Yeah, absolutely. So fourth inning now, Chad, and let, let's talk a little bit about the pitching and uh, most notably about two pitchers that have maybe had a, a little bit of, uh, I guess, if you want to call it uh, some, some rough moments uh, so far the last few weeks. Uh, I'm speaking about Hugh and Q. Uh, that's Hugh Darvish and then Jose Quintana. Um, Quintana did not pitch badly in Thursday night's loss against know. Colorado. He pitched into yeah. the eighth inning. Uh, just did not get the run support. But um, at times, Quintana has looked like one of the best pitchers in baseball. And then at other times, he uh, has looked pedestrian. And, um, you know, listen, that's that's something that, you know, hopefully he is going to kind of work himself through uh, because at times he's brilliant. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant. And then with Darvish, uh, I still say we are working our way into a category where we are just trying to find positives in every start. It's like, oh, he got through the fourth inning without uh, surrendering a run, but then the fifth inning rolls around and things just start to fall apart. Um, I, you know, I'm kind of at a loss right now with Darvish. I, I know that, uh, you know, it's just you want to stay positive and you want to be able to, like, you know, be able to, to say, like, look, we're, we have an opportunity to just kind of see him through and still be the fifth starter. But at the same token, at some point, um, and I know you can't give up on him because of the contract and his confidence, but, it, but I, I mean, at some point, he's just got to figure it out. And he's got to get back to kind of that guy that we know can show that dominance. And, and right now it's like, oh, well, he got through five innings or he got through six innings. I mean, I really don't want to be talking this way about him um, in, in three months from now. Uh, but are you, are you okay with what we're seeing from these two guys as we are, I guess, you know, to some degree, the midpoint uh, almost the midpoint. Of the I, season. you know, if you want to look at the collective work, I'm I'm all in on on Q, and I think I think Q has been um, a, a nice surprise, and at times been incredibly dominant. Um, you Darvish is still a work in progress, and so I, I'm giving him a, a, an incomplete, and I'm going to give I'm going to give Q a B plus. Uh, you know, and and that's only because there's been just a couple rough stretches. I saw both of them in person um, in, in Wrigley um, in the last couple of days, and they both ate up a ton of innings. You know. Q, you can't blame Q for what happened on Thursday. Um, the Cubs went up against a guy they've never seen. The guy's nobody in the majors ever seen. Doing making his major league debut, and at one point Q had only given up one hit, um, you know, to him. Um, so he was keeping the, the you know, he's keeping the batters at bay, at bay. The Cubs just it's hard to win a, a game when you score one run, and and I think that has been the challenge with you, Darvish. That's been the challenge with Quintana. That's been the challenge with other pitchers when they've had the rough outings. When the Cubs don't score runs. It's hard for those starting pitchers to shine. But what has been endearing to me about both of those pitchers and, 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 and you as well is that uh, you, you look at, at uh, when they are hitting their spots and um, they ne- neither one of them give in. Quintana, the beauty of Quintana and the contract he's in is he is a third or better starter on any staff, I believe. And he eats up innings. He's durable doesn't get hurt there's a stat up on the Wrigley on on one of the video boards saying you know this decade lefties um he is one of the leaders in innings pitched strikeouts uh and appearances and so that's what you want from a guy you you need that durability and so that is why when I look at I look at him and I give him a b plus you Darvish the fact that we're well past that eighth start of the year and he is not hurt he's he's just trying to find his way what that tells me, Ryan, is when he finds his way, look out because he has the makings and he has the stuff that could be absolutely dominant and fabulous. And right now, our goal going into this year, you Darvish, we said, just be third or better and stay healthy. And that's what he's doing right now. So he's on the upswing. I was impressed by what I saw from both of them this week. And uh, and I appreciate I appreciate the push pushback. I'm not. I'm not pessimistic on either one of them because it's fun to be optimistic. I'm I'm feeling good about them because I feel like their their peripherals when the Cubs score runs are very good. Both of them are really good pitchers when they've got a lead, and unfortunately, there are times where this Cubs offense is feast or famine. All right. So speaking of which, as we move on to the fifth inning, um, 
does this team still need to make a trade, Chad? Um, obviously, the trading deadline is uh, a little over a month away. And one thing I will say about this management team is that anytime they have needed to go out and get a player, they have certainly done that, whether it was Aroldis Chapman, whether it was Daniel Murphy. Um, you know, you put a name in there, and I, I'm sure I'm forgetting other people over the course of the last few seasons, that when there is a player that needs to be had um, or of some sort, whether it's a starter or a lever, uh, Cole Hamels, I guess you can throw in that category from last year, too. Um, you know, the, this is a, a, te- a team of management, Theo and Jed, that go out and they get a guy to solidify it. So I know we've tossed around names like Addie Russell or um, Kyle Schwarber, whoever it may be, whether they have the trade value or not. Um, does this team still need to pick up a guy in the pen? Do they still need a bat? Um, what is it that is missing, in your opinion, that they still could potentially go after at this point? Or is this the team that you feel like at this point in time, this team is good enough as is to get through the National League and into the Let's World not Series? talk about prospects. Let's not talk about Maples and Drozen. Let's not talk about any of the minor leaguers right now. Let's just talk about who's up there right now. And right now, with, with uh, Steve Shisek, with uh, Pedro Strope, with with Kimbrel coming up, um, with with CJ, even though in conjunction with Brock, with with all these different guys, the bullpen has the makings of being a shutdown bullpen. Bullpen, and and this is an era where there's not a lot of shutdown bullpens. The balls are flying out out now across the league. We're not the only team giving up home runs, guys. Everybody is doing it. The balls are different. From a starting pitching perspective, I don't know who you change. Everybody, if everybody's healthy. Um, John got a great start um, uh, this week, uh, very, uh, very uh, needed. I mean, shut down a very potent offense. Um, I don't know what you would change. So I guess what I would say is who's out there and what do you have to give up? Because we are starting to see the resurgence of our minor league arms, and we've got some potential guys that could come up and be some of those stars that the Cubs really haven't uh, weaned together um, over the last couple of years that have come in and been this dominant out of nowhere minor league arms right and i like and, and let me get, if i can i'm sorry i just if i just can say for a moment it also as you know is going to very much depend on who's going to be a seller exactly. you don't know who's going to be out right? there right it's, correct is it you know you assume there's certain teams like the san francisco giants you would assume are going to be sellers to some degree now does that mean they're bringing up you know giving up madison Baumgartner? they're giving up joe panic i mean yeah. these are names that could very well be available at the trade deadline if those guys are available do you go out and you try to, you know, get those kind of guys, a Pablo Sandoval? I, I mean, I'm just throwing names out there on the Giants. I'm not saying these guys are going to be available or not. But there's other players. Listen, the White Sox might be sellers. I don't know if, you know, how willing they would be to give up, um, you know, any of their guys in their bullpen. Um, you know, but again, that's that's another right. team. Or you're right. It's, it's, there are teams that are out there that could the potentially menu, be right. sellers. It's what's on the menu that's going to dictate that for me. What I've got to say is right now is, um, the cost has to make sense. Like right now, Madison Baumgartner for Addison Russell. Yeah, I'd make that trade, you know, and that's the kind of trade that makes sense. But I'm, if I look at the major league lineup right now, there's not a soul that is, that is going to get moved this year. Daniel Descalso may just not continue on because he's been strugg- struggling and scuffling and I'm not sure we need him um, based upon where he is right now. I want him to piece this together. I don't know um, from a trade piece what is going to be out there but my answer to you right now is we have the offense you look at you look at our our score run differential league leader you look at um you look at our offense one of the tops in 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 baseball you look at our 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 bullpen and our starting pitching one of the top five so we are not we're in a tough division right now and that's a big reason why we haven't been able to run away we don't need any teams winning at 20 and a 30 30 percent clip and so I, the, the initial question is, are, are, is there another trade to be made? I think it only, it only gets made if it makes sense um, for this front office based upon the reality of the moment. But right now, one of the best closers uh, in the free agent market is now locked up with the Cubs for not just three years. We forgot to mention this. He has a fourth year. We have a fourth year option. So if he's riding high, they can get him on for one more year or they say goodbye to him for a million dollars. So we are set. And by the way, I want a job where somebody can say, no, we don't want you anymore, but here's a million dollars. I would take that. Yeah, sure. Why not sign up for that any day yeah. of the week? Right. 
Um, well, sixth inning now, and uh, obviously a topic that we have broached a little bit before, and I do talk about this with Dave Bennett in our uh, seventh inning stretch. Uh, but Ben Zobrist, we kind of touched on this earlier in the um, podcast today, that he is in indefinitely uh, out and indefinitely dealing with the personal issue of his uh, divorce. And there's been a lot of chatter out there, uh, mostly from people in the Twitterverse or, you know, Cub fans from around that are making a valid argument saying at some point, when should Ben Zobers come back? Right. Because we all understand divorce is very difficult and very painful. Um, and, and for people that have had to go through it, I, I'm, you know, have not, but for people that have, I know it is an extremely difficult situation from people that I know and, and whatnot. However, that does, People who get divorced also still continue to go to their jobs every day. They need to make money. They need to do what they need to do. Um, I understand that Ben Zobrist has, you know, the permission of the Chicago Cubs to do what he needs to do. Maybe he's not all there mentally. Um, but at some point, is it appropriate for him to continue to stick out this, this, this leave and, and not be a part of the team and, and not, basically work for the contract that he signed um you know i i i mean in my point of view listen at the end of the day if the cubs are fine with this i have no problem with it um again i would love to see ben zobers out there I, I i certainly want him to play he's a valuable member of this team um and a world series mvp but if your employer is going to say hey take all the time you need and there is no issue then by all means, do what you need to do because your family is the most important thing. Um, and especially when you have two young kids that are involved in this situation, Ben Zobris should be able to work on what he needs to work on off the field, especially if he has the support from the Chicago Cubs organization, which he clearly does. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, if it's not an issue for the Cubs, then it shouldn't be an issue for any of us. Yeah, I, I, uh, I firmly believe that we will not see Ben Zobris on the field for the rest of the 2019 season. And we don't have all the particulars. We don't have all the stats. Jed Hoyer said today that uh, they support Ben and where Ben needs to be, and they will welcome Ben back if and when that time comes. The situation with Ben Zobris is, is, is tough because on one hand, you've got uh, a family man um, who, who is obviously uh, uh, um a very, a very good guy, and and uh, um, and right now he's, uh, it, it appears he's he is making himself available, um, and uh, doing everything he needs to do, um, for custody purposes. Because if he's going to be on the road for the next couple of months, you're not going to have that. You're going to have you're you're going to have issues. You're not going to be able to just get that. So he's 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 talking through some of those issues. He's making himself available to be, be together with his kids. Let's look back at how this year played out. He was on a leave of absence that clearly is linked to this back in spring training. He showed up to spring training late, um, never really got in the groove, played this year, never really got in the groove. I don't think he is going to be able to be a member of this team in a capacity that helps this team win this season. And I think sometimes personal matters um, supplant that. And it's not as if he's taking money from the Cubs because by him not playing, that actually freed up the opportunity. Otherwise, they would have gone so far over the luxury cap, they were able to free up his money um, for the Kimbrel uh, signing. And so in some cases, this was a really positive thing. Despite his heartache, this is a positive thing for the Cubs. So it's, it's, that's my take on the matter. And, and what I would just say is, is I don't have any reason to believe that he's going to be coming back to this team. And what that's going to mean is, does he go off and retire into the sunset as 38, 39-year-old? Um, and does he get the opportunity to have that, that one more curtain call? I hope so. I hope they figure something out for him to be able to do that. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. And, uh, and they're certainly not going to bring him back for one game so he can make, you know, $5 million a month, you know, and hit the, the tax hit. I think he is no longer going to be with the Cubs, and I wish him very well.
Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are so honored to be joined this week by the longtime sports director at WGN Radio. You can also find him on WGN TV, and of course, the longtime play-by-play announcer for Northwestern football. It is Dave Ennett here on the program. Dave, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. And Ryan, Chad, good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. We are so thankful you're uh, taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to join us to talk about some Cubs baseball, Dave, and we'll jump right into it. The Cubs, uh, in their first game against Colorado on Tuesday, were 6-3 winners, and um, one um, very small signing could prove to be kind of a big-time player for this team, Dave, and that being Carlos Gonzalez, who was... uh, quite the power hitter when he was in Colorado. Is this going to be one of those signings that we look back on, in your opinion, and people say, wow, that was a nice move by Theo that nobody saw coming, and he's going to be a a major contributor down the line? Well, you know, I I think it's a strong possibility because if you look at the track record with these things, and and I know ultimately they didn't get where they had hoped to go last year, but even if you look back at the Daniel Murphy acquisition, I mean, they, they've managed to get key guys when they've needed them. And uh, I, I think Gonzalez is is a move that, you know, makes a lot of sense. He's a veteran. He, he certainly is a guy who's had success. Uh, and, and he's made a bit of a splash already with a great catch in his first game for the Cubs against the Angels Monday when he laid out for the ball on the warning track. And, you know, it's a point of the game where the Cubs had a six-run lead, but if he doesn't catch that ball, all of a sudden uh, the picture changes dramatically. And then in this, his second game against Colorado, he, he drives in, I think, the first run and then a big insurance run. So, yeah, I, I think it's if you, if you look at championship teams, uh, not just in in the case of the Cubs, but I think if you look around baseball, it's teams that are able to pick up those those guys who maybe are on somebody else's scrap heap or maybe just looking for a minor league deal and an opportunity and 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 end up coming through those are the teams that I think get a lot of mileage out of guys like that and I could see the Cubs doing that with Gonzalez we're talking with Dave Ennett from WGN radio longtime sports director in Chicago you can also find Dave on Twitter at Dave Ennett very easy enough uh, Dave I appreciate you not having one of those long Twitter handles that a lot of people uh, <laughs> seem to have these days just very simple in that regard um, Dave let's talk a little bit about where this team is right now now going into uh, their game tonight against Colorado um, they are in first place by a slim margin with the Brewers losing to the Marlins. Is this about where you saw this team to be at this point in time, or did you think they would be better or worse? Well, I think if you had asked me, oh, I don't know, on April the uh, the 6th, I would have said, I would have thought they would have been a little bit worse. Sure. Because, yeah, like everybody, I was looking at the way the season started, and one in six, I, I, I thought that that was not indicative of where they were going to be. I mean, I didn't think they were a team that was going to lose six of every seven games, but I also thought they had some, some obvious uh, issues that had to be addressed or, or improved upon. Uh, And, and then they got on that real hot streak at the end of April into May. And you're thinking, okay, now, now they're, they're going to run away with it. Well, I I never really felt that either. I, I always kind of felt that, yeah, they'd be somewhere around where they are now and, and battling it out with the Brewers and the Cardinals. And, you know, I, I still don't think that uh, St. Louis, even though they got, you know, they, they've had their ups and downs here, you know, I, I still don't think they've gone away. And I, I kind of felt it was going to be a, a three-team race here. And I think that just being able to be a little bit above water and maybe – a game or two in front, which has been about as far ahead as anybody's gotten to this point. I think it'd be about what you would expect. And whether that's the Cubs or the Brewers, you know, they have enough games left against each other, all three of those teams. And I guess we shouldn't totally rule out Pittsburgh because they've kind of hung around here in the first half. Um, you know, I just think that that there's so many games left that, that you're still going to see some swings back and forth before we get down to the stretch run and anything's really decided. 
So, Dave, we're, I want to talk to you about something that can be a little sensitive. Obviously, Ben Zobrist has been away from the team for about two months now, and he is going through some personal issues. It was revealed that he is dealing with a divorce. And a lot of chatter is out there now about the fact that should Zobrist be coming back to the team or are the Cubs doing the right thing by allowing him this time away from the team and uh, not having to uh, worry about baseball and dealing with his personal life? Again, it's a sensitive issue. It's a sensitive topic, not knowing the ins and outs. But where would you stand on this as far as how the Cubs are dealing with this? And are they doing the right thing? Ryan, I think it's a great question. And in my opinion, they are doing the right thing. Now, I know that a few years ago, the Cubs went through a situation with Tommy LaStella where he didn't want to report, I think, to the minors and uh, was was talking about walking away from the team and people were up in arms about it and and ripped him for not being a team guy and of course we saw him eventually come back to the cubs and become a valuable contributor for them so i i might be a little old-fashioned in this but i think if if someone's going through something and i and i get it i understand uh that that people look at this and say well he's not putting the team first well he's putting his family first or his his own personal situation first i i get that and i I think that the cubs are doing the right thing allowing him to do that look this guy was a world series mvp for the cubs they don't have a lot of those and i think that at this point he's uh he's earned that right it's his decision i think the organization has been supportive and and rightly so. And and again, that might be a little old fashioned, a little Pollyannish, but I, I, it's just the way I feel about it. Dave, I want to finish with this because I feel like you're the perfect person to ask, uh, be it with your obviously employment with WGN, but this is the last year that the Cubs will be on WGN TV. And now as somebody who, as myself grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, watching Harry Carey and Steve Stone and Chip and, all the people throughout the years now with Len and Jim. Um, I, I was just curious if I would like to give you the last word on this, of what that's going to be like for you, knowing that the Cubs are now going to be officially, um, you know, starting a new network and no longer on a network that people really grew to love the Cubs, not just from a regional standpoint, but from a national standpoint um, and, and how, maybe that's being reflected upon in the city of Chicago and for someone like yourself that has been so closely associated with WGN for so long. Well, you know what? I, I think uh, perhaps it's not hit me as hard as it has some others because we went through it at WGN radio a few years ago after 90 years of carrying yep. the Cubs and, and uh, the Cubs were no longer carried on this, on this station. When I first joined WGN, uh, it, the, all of the games there was no uh, the, no other outlet for the Cubs except networks it, every game was on WGN TV so yeah I mean I got used to that but the one thing I would tell you Ryan and I think you know this this, this business has changed things aren't the way they used to be and you know I always go back to not only the example of the Cubs no longer being on WGN radio but also for years you watched if you watched nfl football you watched the nfc games on cbs and you watched the afc games on nbc and then you watched monday night games on abc and that that was it right and then one year they they moved the nfc games to fox which a lot of people hadn't even heard of and now it's like Wow! Did that ever? Did those years ever actually exist? When I mean, you get used to something. Monday Night Football was on ABC, and yet now people watch Sunday Night Football on a different network. So I, I just think the business is so much different uh, than it used to be. And 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 television, as much as anything, there are more networks, more choices, more options. I don't know if the marquee network is going to succeed. I don't think anybody can tell you that for now but they have a pretty compelling brand to sell. And that's certainly going to make it a lot easier. Uh, it'll be a little different and it'll be strange. And personally, I wish they had kept some of the games, whether it was 10, 15, 20 games a year on WGN TV. Um, but, you know, again, that's the business. That's their decision. And I think 
in a couple of years, people won't even think about it. Dave Bennett, sports director, WGN Radio, and of course, longtime sportscaster on WGN TV, as well as the play-by-play announcer for Northwestern. You can find Dave on Twitter, at Dave Bennett. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. We would love to have you back down the line uh, as the season progresses. Ryan, I enjoyed it. I'd be happy to be with you anytime. Awesome stuff. Thanks again, Dave. You bet. My thanks to Dave Ennett for taking the time to be our seventh inning stretch conductor this week. Had some really good insights about what's uh, going on with this franchise. And uh, Chad, it always just always warms my heart when we have on guests and they're like excited to come back on our show. And I, I love the fact that Dave is so awesome that he is, uh, you know, looking forward to the next time he can uh, join us on the uh, he is certainly yeah, I love it. I love it. And I had a, a you know, a Mark Silverman, another great friend of the program. We, I was talking to him, uh, um, him and uh, Tom Waddle today, and 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 Mark reminded him. Remember Chad? We you know we met him before before the the World Series game, and uh, and he's got that podcast I was telling you about. So when Mark Silverman's dropping the podcast to Tom Waddle, that's pretty good stuff. It's fun. hundred oh, percent. No, it, it's pretty awesome, and I know Mark likes to listen to us as well. So we always appreciate uh, Mark Silverman from the Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN Chicago uh, giving us a listen as well. Um, All right. So with that being said, Chad, uh, I'm going to give you the floor here as we move on to the eighth inning. Um, It was your birthday. Um, I won't say your age because, you know, it's it's entirely up to you. If you want to tell people how old you are at this point, I know how old you are, but I don't want to spill that out if you're not comfortable (laughs) with that anymore. Um, You're not old. You're not old at all. But uh, you had a very, very cool and uh, interesting birthday. Um, got to do some things that everybody was very impressed with, at least to see on social media. So uh, go ahead and uh, why don't you just describe uh, what you got to do this week while you got to attend multiple games at Wrigley and uh, kind of what the crescendo of the, uh, of the birthday festivities were. For you and this was, and we're going to get to the, some Cubs things here, and I want to I talk about that. So don't think this is just going to be me talking about. It. As far as my age, I will just lead off and say I'm younger than former friend of the show, John Cusack, who we really, we, we irreparable harm <laughs> during last week's episode. I, I heard that. Yeah. But hopefully we yeah. can get back on the board with John because he's a, he's, we'd love to have him on the show. So anyway, um, I started the week Saturday in Vegas celebrating a buddy of mine's uh, um, uh, a wedding. Um, he actually lives in Vegas. And then from there, um, I uh, I went and got to see five straight Cubs games, which was fantastic. Got to see Trout, got to see Pools. Atani came out to the on-deck circle right by our seats. He didn't actually bat, but got to see that that uh, that, that amazing talent, but just not in action. Um, and then got to see the entire Rocky series, and then I got to see um, my favorite thing in the world, a Friday afternoon at Wrigley Field. So I got to see a whole bunch of friends. My best friend, Ed Eureka, was there with me um, along the way, and uh, and even my goddaughter joined on my birthday. And what was really Cubs took really good care of me. So my, I'm a season ticket holder there, and um, my season ticket agent, Anna, oh, my gosh, she, she said, hey, can you come out? Um, you know, a little bit before the, the, the Tuesday game, I've got something special. And so they announced my name. I'm up on up in the up up on the I'm up on the big big video board, but on the little video board it's got Chad Gordon. And and I get to, you know, walk out. It sounds really silly, but I get to walk out, you know, to a somewhat packed house, uh, carrying the rosin bag out and then the pitch the, the ball that, that Hendricks gets to gets to throw for the first pitch. And the people are cheering and laughing, you know, clapping. And I'm like waving at the crowd and having a really good time with it. Um, I showed the video, actually, Edgar, Edgar video, the whole thing. But some people saw the pictures and thought I threw out the first pitch. So that is still, that's right. still. Well, that's oh, what I no, thought happened. Still, I thought you threw no, no, the first pitch. still on the bucket list. It's still on the bucket list. Um, but, you know, those pictures, just being on the mound, you know, with you know, your name up in lights, waving at the, you know, the upper deck. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. And it just gave me chills. And like I said, we oh yeah, and we also got a, a personal autograph session with Albert Amara um, on 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 Wednesday. Um, so got to see him. I got a, um, my 
goddaughter Aviana got to got to shake his hand and, and he got a big smile from her and vice versa. But it was a wonderful time. And as I was joking about at the start of the show, my body is not going to be able to handle much more of this because that's a lot of ballpark beers and food. So I'm I'm on some strict something after a charity golf event tomorrow morning. And then then I'm then I'm going to buckle down. Um, but uh, it was a thrill, and I cannot thank Hannah and the Chicago Cubs for um, just allowing me the opportunity to, to do something very special. So it was a lot of fun, and and, and I tell you know if there's a, if if the Cubs always say if the Cubs are playing at Wrigley Field on my birthday, that's a game I'm always going to go to. Well, very exciting stuff, and happy birthday once again. Uh, it sounds like you had a, an extremely memorable. Uh, birthday week. And, if uh, any listeners, so we didn't we didn't plug uh, um, we didn't plug our uh, your your at Ryan uh, R Lieber. Um, I'm sorry, Ryan, Ryan D Lieber. Yeah, duh, for big yes. but yeah, Ryan D Lieber, and I'm at uh, uh, Cubs Confines. Um, or you could find us, you know, on Instagram. You could find us on Facebook. But um, I'm also the, the we're the Chicago Cubs friendly confines Cubs Facebook page. But if you guys, the first person to guess this week, the first person to guess my age, um, again, they have to listen to all this and they have to go back and figure all this stuff out. Um, there'll be a there'll be a, a Cubs prize coming your way. So first person, the very first person to guess my age on any of the socials. Um, you will be entitled to a fun prize. So, fun stuff. Thanks for the awesome. birthday wishes. What a week. I need to go to detox. <laughs> well, before you go to detox, Chad, the Cubs have two more against the Cardinals uh, as they started this series on Friday night with a 3-1 to win over the Redbirds uh, after they got swept by the Cardinals in St. Louis. It seems like both these teams, just wherever they're playing, yeah. it's a sweep in Chicago, a sweep in St. Louis by the other team. But um, a nice performance by Cole Hamels today uh, as he uh, was able to pitch a, a very solid game. And, uh, you know, the Cubs uh, doing what they need to do to win, um, scoring three runs and and getting in the, the W uh, line once again. Um, we got two more now. And listen, you know, the Cardinals are, are not exactly what I thought they would be. I really thought the Cardinals were going to be much better um, I mean, early on in the season, they were in first place, but this team has is, is struggled. Uh, surprise, surprisingly enough, this team has not performed at a level, especially considering, you know, you got a Matt Carpenter and a Paul Goldschmidt and a Paul DeJong. I mean, these are guys who I really thought were going to uh, carry this team. So, you know, Marcelo Zuna. Uh, surprisingly enough, Dexter Fowler's actually been having a pretty solid season for the Cardinals. But nonetheless, um, man, I would love to see another sweep of this team. I would just, you know, I mean, because it's the Cardinals, I, I just really would love to to see it. I thought the Cubs were going to sweep Colorado. It didn't happen. But, man, would I love to see the Cubs just sweep St. Louis. That, nothing would make me happier. I, I, you I know, it's, it's interesting. Um, so today I went with my, my childhood best friend, Matt Smith, and and uh, we just had we had a great time. He's a, he's a lifelong Cardinal fan, and he, his take on this team, and he watches them very closely – is if they don't hit home runs, they don't score runs. And they won the game the night before uh, uh, on, a, on an eighth inning blast that it, 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 they weren't going to win otherwise. They either hit home runs or they don't score runs. And so it's interesting lineup. That's that's very true of a lot of ball teams nowadays. Singles are down. Um, batting never the balls in player are down because of the shifting and everything. That So it's a different team. When I look ahead, Ryan, and I see you've got St. Louis and then you've got right back to Colorado and then you've got the Dodgers. I mean, the Cubs aren't going to have a day off since – since the day before the St. Louis series where they got swept, their next day off isn't until the 17th of June after they take take on St. Louis for a couple games, Colorado for three, and then the Dodgers for a four-game set. And then they're back home um, with White Sox, Mets, Atlanta, and Cincy, who seems to have our number. So um, this is a very tough stretch. That takes us almost to the All-Star break. We're going to have many more episodes between now and then. Um, but this stretch is one of those where play 600 ball, keep your head above water, and let's get three weeks in, three four weeks in, get get Kimbrel out there, and then have a new face of the uh, of the of the bullpen. But yeah, this Cardinal series is it's interesting, and um, you know it's going to kind of set the stage for how the rest of uh, of this this run's going to go. I think uh, before um, some tough games out in LA. Yep, a hundred percent. Uh, no, I, I agree. And, and to your point, I mean, this is 
this is the you know the, the all-stars weekend is gonna definitely be a time where the cups are gonna want that although I feel like uh, a lot of these guys will be playing in the all-star game uh, regardless because I mean right now not to get off topic but I mean you gotta think Javi's making the team uh, I assume that you know probably Rizzo will will get a spot on the team Bryant might get a spot on the team um, you know Hayward might even get I know we talked about Hayward potentially getting a spot on the team Contreras will probably make the team so I mean there's a lot of opportunities here um, where we could be a lot of Cubs players who, uh, who could be a little little shit you know gas um, by the time the all-star break I, comes and then I don't know they're gonna Man, I don't play. know I don't know I I feel like there is a lethargy there's a I want to put the I don't say the bandwagon I feel like there were there was more enthusiasm from the casual fan that drove the all-star voting that you know that got you know the Cubs basically having the entire infield plus the starting center fielder but Dexter didn't start the, that that game in in San Diego because he was hurt. I don't know. I am not. I can't wait for the early voting totals to see if I'm wrong. But it just has a different vibe. But I totally you know I go through that list and Javi Baez absolutely is is. Uh, is my starter. Um, and then after that, you know, some pitching starters, which I actually prefer our pitchers not start in the all-star game. I think it's, unless it's a, a bullpen session, I don't, I don't want them in there hurting themselves. Um, I don't know who else is the shoe in. I really don't. Bryant aim alone. Well, and his I'm, stats are, are picking up, you know, Rizzo, there's a lot of good first basemen in the national league. Rizzo's my favorite uh, first baseman in the national league. Um, and then I think the interchangeability of the outfield is going to hurt their voting chances. Wilson Contreras is one of the, is, is one is a top two top three catcher in the National League. He should be on there, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I think the only starter will be Javi, but I do think the other players I named uh, certainly have a chance to be in a reserve Yeah, role. absolutely. And uh, I, I yeah. think that's a... Yeah, I think that that's where it's at. But uh, anyway, let's get through the Cardinals series. We can worry about <laughs> the All-Star game, I guess, uh, a little well, later. That's my fault. I, I, I well, got off track Well, best but, of all, that Dodger series... I'll be out there again. And so far, so far this year, I am 10 and one in games I've seen. I've only, only seen a lot of nationals game where I was with my two nationals loving nephews. And I was happy to let them go home happy for once. Cause we, we ripped their heart out in the, in the NLDS when I took them uh, um, the previous time, That's but true. no, I'm going to be in LA for a couple games for that series. And, and yes, I do have a full-time job and yes, um, somehow I make all of this work, but uh, I'm not going to have a hot dog or, a draft. I don't know. I can't say I'm not gonna have a beer, but I'm not having a hot dog until at least LA. Otherwise, I All right. I, I really I'm feel holding like I've that. aged. This is a birthday week, I think, because of what I've done. I feel like I've aged. This is. I, I hope to feel younger next week. The beer doesn't sit like it used to when we were in college. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, that is gonna do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines, folks. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us after a week off, but we will be back next week. Um, I will announce our guest because I've already confirmed it, Chad, and I'm pretty comfortable with saying this. Matt Spiegel from The Score 670 is going to be our guest. Uh, Matt, of course, covers baseball on a regular basis for The Score, so we'll definitely have some great stuff with him. Um, So be sure to tune in next week as well. So so with that being said, for Chad, I'm Ryan. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you next time. the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley